today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories. We Good morning, Australia. Good evening, America, and welcome to everyone across the planet. How are you all today? Welcome back to the Author and Artist Hour with my gorgeous co-host, Kez Wickham St. George, and I'm Tony Lontis. Now, just a reminder, if you're listening live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, we have Hannah ready and waiting to send you the links from our guest and everything that we talk about today. Now, don't forget to jump onto our socials and follow all of us. Subscribe to our YouTube channels. Kez has one. I have one. I'm not sure if Wendy does, but if she does, I want you to follow it. If she does, she's nodding. Excellent. We had talked about uh, uh, with my guest previously about the power of YouTube. As always, uh, there's multiple places where you can place your content that get you out into the global audience. Now, our Welcome to Country today is part of an international movement that acknowledges the special and important role Indigenous communities play in the development of a country's cultural identity. So today I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugamba language region, the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and broadcast today, that is on the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia, and pay my respects to the elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here watching and listening today. Now, as you know, each and every week, Kez and I jump on this show and talk to other authors. Kez Wickham St. George is a number one best-selling international author in her own right. She is also an artist, an author's mentor, and she talks to authors across the globe with me each and every week. And today we have a wonderful friend of mine, the delightful Wendy McQuinney. Now, Wendy spent her childhood years enjoying life within a small family unit, mum, dad, her sister and herself. Wendy's childhood years were filled with laughter, the smell of cakes and biscuits baking in the oven. As Wendy grew and expanded her experiences, she reflected on those memories and of the what-ifs. The what-ifs began showing her opportunities and she discovered that she had the power to change the direction of her life in a moment. We all have that same power. The life that she decided was completely different to what she'd been following. And as a mother, wife, career person, author and business owner, she felt deeply encouraged to leave a legacy of something to be valued by generations to come. Then in 2016, after an illness, Wendy read a book called You Were Born Rich, written by the late Bob Proctor. And it changed everything for Wendy as she started to be confronted by the questions she asked herself. Not long after this, she decided that young children needed to be empowered by this information as well. And that's why she wrote the genius books 
They empower children to understand thoughts and nurture enthusiasm to create a happy life. The genius books introduce lovely characters that inspire children and develop deep self-belief and confidence about the possibilities within the world and around their future. This is Wendy's legacy and I'm so proud to call her a friend of mine and delighted that we get to interview her on the Author and Artist Hour today. Wendy, thank you for being on the show today and welcome. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here and it's good to catch up with you again. And this is Genius's first interview. <laughs> I know. We were talking, <laughs> we were talking pre-show and I'm like, oh, have you got Genius with you? Because he's such a lovely little character and that colour of blue is really very mm. comforting. But I'm actually going to hand over to Kez now and let her do some of the talking versus me doing all the talking. So over to you, Kez. Hello, Wendy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Kez. I love your little genius. He's beautiful. Thank oh, you. I need, I, I need something like that sitting in my office to remind me that we all have a genius inside us. We do. We do. <laughs> okay. So you've, I'd like to ask you about your, your extraordinary stories. They're patterned after lives of the ordinary. Can you explain that statement, please? Well, We, I mean, I have lived just an ordinary life, but my parents were always very encouraging. And I always felt that, yeah, we've all got this inner inner potential. Mm -hmm. And even though my parents encouraged it, it wasn't actually until or later on in life that, you know, sometimes one person can that you meet and they change your your thought Mm -hmm. process. And this person was very, very encouraging and always lived uh, a very positive way of life. Uh, I always I didn't always have that positivity, but um, through meeting this person and chatting to them, I finally realised that, yes, I didn't do well at school. Like there's, a, there's quite a few of us that don't do well at school. But it doesn't mean that when you leave school that you cannot create the life that you really desire and okay. want. And that's how this this person actually uh, helped me to have more self-belief in my abilities and try, try new things. It's like, you know, I had a conversation with someone the other day about their daughter. The daughter's about 11 years of age. Encourage them to try so many things so they can find out what they really love to do. Because as you get older, if you're doing something you really love, it's really not a job at all. That's right. Mm, I agree wholeheartedly. Now, there's a question for Genius, if Genius can answer me. (laughs) (laughs) So you also say that you believe that every child is unique and extraordinary and your books empower um, our children to believe in themselves. Is that correct? That is correct. And Genius would agree with you there. Mm -hmm. Each child has an inner genius. Mm, I agree. But how do your books empower? So the the books, Genius has friends and he has six other friends. And Mm -hmm. these friends represent characteristics that we all have in our mind that we don't learn about when we're young. We don't learn about as uh, through our our, uh, education system. 
And it's these characteristics and geniuses' friends that help the children uh, to imagine and dream so they know that they can achieve and succeed in life. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I truly do believe that. I really believe that every child has this little like a little um, lock that it's up to the adults to put the key in the lock and turn it because the child doesn't know how to. So it's no, up to the adults. So through your stories, this is how you empower children. It's beautiful. Yes, and I encourage the parents to read these stories to the children because mm. quite often the children pick up the information quicker than the adults and they can, they can actually uh, mm. encourage the adults to learn as well. <laughs> mm. That's very, very true. Tony. Yes. You're on mute, Tony. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened before. First, everywhere. <laughs> I muted myself. Yay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wendy, seeing that gorgeous um, genius sitting there on your shoulder made me curious about the process of developing genius's character and what he looks like and the colours. Can you walk us through that process? Uh, yes. Uh, while I was, I, I first started creating the programs and that's how the, the, the characters came about. And I was actually thinking about our mind when I started to do some uh, preliminary drawings of genius. Uh, but genius came about and he's round and he's fat. And that's because he collects all of the all of the thoughts from the universe, from everybody. So he collects all the thoughts and then with his friends, he helps to help the children turn around those thoughts from maybe negative to a positive and send them back out. Now, he wears some sunglasses because in Australia, the sunlight is very, very strong and damaging. Um, he has he has lovely open arms because he loves to hug and, and welcome all of the children. Uh, he has many colours, all colours of the rainbow, because he, he loves all the colours. He loves and accepts all nationalities and all colours that uh, we are in this wonderful universe. So, and of course, his big smile because he's always excited at receiving all of those wonderful positive thoughts from the children. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I think it's just gorgeous. I keep it looking is. at it instead of wanting to ask you questions. I keep that's so gorgeous. I know he he is, isn't he? Well, the first yes, time Wendy is. Wendy showed me, um, I think one of his earlier prototypes, um, and that was good then. But this version of um, Genius is just fabulous. Wendy, what was the creative process that thought, I need to develop a persona, i.e. a soft toy, to go with my books and programs? Well, it was a way, it, it actually came about because uh, of writing the program, I wanted to write something that the children could understand and relate to. Mm -hmm. Children relate to plush toys yes. and that's how I thought well I can create plush toys or the characters that help the children for example I have um, a mm -hmm. dream builder and he he helps the children to imagine and dream uh, he has a tool toolkit like like he's, <laughs> he's a builder and he has the pencil behind his ear so he's always trying to help the children create you know dream and 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 create 
And then I think my favorite character would be Memory Minder because she is she's like the librarian because she's in charge of all of your memories from the moment you are born to the moment you leave this world. So yes, so that it's it's to engage the children and to help them understand. Really, that's how it came about. Wendy, is Genius the 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 only one that you have in physical form? Like all the all of the rest of the characters live in in the books and in the programs. Is yes. Genius the only one in physical form at this stage? Yes, he's the only plush that I've I've had made at this point. Uh, yes, so I do want to have the other plush toys made and sit on a nice shelf behind me. Yes. So yes, <laughs> that will happen. <laughs> Yes. I love it. I think he's just beautiful. He I is, isn't one. he? Yeah, <laughs> I want one. <laughs> I think we all need a plush toy. So what are the age groups you've written for? All right, so uh, the lovely Genius Book series uh, of books, they are for children from, well, the parents can start reading them from when the children are born up until school age. And then, of course, they, they have the programs that um, kick in up to about 11 years of age. Yeah. So, okay. that's, yeah. And when so do we don't you... go into the, the, teenage, the teenager side of things? I have written programs for the teenagers. I have the Positivity Gang, which was, ranges from uh, 11 to 14 years, and also another one from 15 to 18 years. Uh, they have been created. Obviously, they don't have the lovely plush toys. They actually, <laughs> I, I show them how to transfer genius into um, the picture that we have in our mind, and that draws into uh, the, the stick. I'm not quite sure if you're aware of the stick person concept which yeah. is the, yes, so that's mm. um, how it goes from genius into the stick person. And then I explain to the children uh, through a series of short videos and uh, activities at the end on explaining basically the same information but a different language as they get older and older. Okay. That's absolutely so, magic. Yeah, you, you, you. You've actually done something for everybody. I mean, I even as, as, as a, a senior adult, I think that just sounds so interesting. I used to read, well, I've always read stories to my kids, but, yeah, they were always like I'd fall asleep before I got to the end because I found them quite boring, but they sound really great. Oh, thank you, thank you. They're beautiful. And Genius has his own own app, by the way, Genius and his friends app, where everyone, oh. it's a free download and they can uh, watch the companion videos, which that is attached to the books. Um, so they, they hover over the picture and the companion video plays. But also the children can sit there and play the genius the genius games, which is all of mm. the characters. They get the children to do little activities that just oh, reinforces nice. the information once again. Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Wendy, I just wanted to go back to that um, that bigger vision and mission that sits behind genius and I just wanted you to share with the audience what that looks like and why you're passionate and why it's so important. When I started studying personal development uh, it just opened up this this huge world that I never knew anything about. We were never taught anything about personal development or anything about the mind and how it works when I was at school. So when I first uh, read Bob Proctor's book and got hooked on the material, 
I attend. I went over and attended um, one of his courses. It was a six-day event, and then you know, someone stood up and said, "You know, everyone has a book in them." So I thought, "Oh, I've always wanted to write a book." So that's how the 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 writing started. But then, as I got into it, and I thought, "Oh, adults, I really should be. We should have this material for the younger children, so that." Mm-hmm. And it's repeated and repeated because we learn through repetition. So. Because this is all this information is teaching the children. This is how you you get uh, to to achieve everything that you want in in your life. And as I, as I said before, you might not be the best scholar, but you can achieve at any time of your life. Like I have, I didn't. Um, it wasn't until I was in in my fifties when I wrote my first book. So anyone has that ability to achieve. Especially, you know, these days with we've just been through, you know, two years of, of COVID. Mm-hmm. The children, uh, I've had, you know, parents telling me that their children are suffering from stress and anxiety. Yeah. But if we have them learn about their mind and their thoughts and their emotions, yes, oh, it's yeah. good to have emotions, but it's the understanding of the emotions that mm-hmm. we can help, Genius and his friends can help turn that around. Uh, yeah, so that's I just I just want children to be able to, even if they read one book or attend one program and they get out into the real world and they're doing a job that they love and they're in a happy family and creating their success. That's what it's all about. So just mm. just one child would do that. That would be wonderful. That's amazing. It's an amazing thought process. Mm. Yes, thank you. Wendy, there's something about the ability to uh, engage with young minds and create patterns in young minds that has a powerful impact on generations and the world at large. Um, I don't know many people that write children's books from your perspective there's lots of of positive books but your perspective is greater than that you you want to take them from an early age and continue that process right through and it's not just about the books it's about the programs (coughs) that you offer that children can do with you virtually so you have um, a, you can do this globally with your um, programs, and can you talk us through those programs for yes, the audience? Yes. Uh, well, as it said, we've got the nine nine children's books with companion videos. Uh, we have Genius and His Friends app that's with the books. Yeah. Uh, Genius has his own curriculum map that's tied in with the books, and ah. then of course. So he has his own little curriculum map that um, the, the teachers can just pick up and read and help and help the, the children to understand more. And then when they get to school, grade perhaps grade one or two, then they can venture into Genius and His Friends programs, mm-hmm. and then they can venture into the Positivity Gang. So it's 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 all about repetition of the material and going from birth right up until eighteen years of age. And Wendy, those little programs are like fully online. So, and they, the children can do them and they can do them with their parents. And that's how it works. Yes, it's through our Thinkific platform. And what it is, the parents sign the children in. 
uh, they have a whole year of access. So what yes. they do is they, they watch a three to four minute video and then I have an activity at the end. It's just a, it's not graded or anything. It's just to help reinforce the material. And then when they come back in the next video, I continue on with that. So we introduce, oh, so for example, oh, the first one, they might draw a picture of themselves. So if you've got blue eyes, you colour in your blue eyes. So ah. then on the next video, I say, how did you go with that drawing? Did you manage to draw a picture of yourself Put your name at the top? And then we delve into a little bit more information, teaching them a bit more about their who they are. Yes. Right? And as Genius says in every single book, I am unique, as you can see. There is no one else in the world like me. So we're, we're reinforcing to the children that they have thoughts, but their thoughts are not the same as their friends' thoughts. And that is okay. Even, you know, um, identical twins don't have the same thoughts. Mm. So it's actually introducing them to the thought, it's it's introducing them to the concept rather that Mm. thoughts are just thoughts. They're not actual things and that you have the capacity to change those thoughts and that impacts on your life. That that is correct. Everything, I say to the children, what makes them unique? So they have, we are so different to all the animals in, in the kingdom as we know because we have a mind that we can use to think. So we have things that makes us unique. We have our DNA that makes us unique. We have our fingerprints that makes us unique. And as I say to the children, you, you know, you, you might be one of identical twins, but you still got different <laughs> fingerprints. And the third thing that makes us unique is that we have a mind that we can think. And I say to the children that everything you see around you first started in someone's mind. They thought of that and then it was developed into the real world. So the thinking process for them to learn is so very valuable and important. Absolutely. Mm. Yes? <laughs> so, Bethy, listening, I'm taking this all on board because I have grandchildren, so I'm taking yes. this all on board. <laughs> I, I bought Wendy's books for my um, grandson. Um, I don't think genius was around when i bought them but i'm um, looking at genius today and going oh i think i need to get genius as well <laughs> uh, yes he's he's very he's a lovable lovable little fellow i've been actually going around to a few of the kindies at the moment and doing readings and at the end i say would you like to have a hug of genius oh yes 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 <laughs> oh, nice yes. Yes. so i believe that your story's right Yes, they do. Uh, when I was actually, uh, I was over in the UK when I when I wrote the nine books, and I said to my cousin who uh, has grandchildren, I said, "What do they like to read? What turns them on the most?" And she was telling me about a, a series that they have over in the UK that's very successful. So I thought, "Oh, okay, mm, rhyming books. That makes it's you can put it into like a sing song. It has to be a certain pattern, mm-hmm. and you put it into a sing song, which makes it easier for the children yes. to to learn." For example, I am unique. As you can see, there is no one else in the world like me. So it's, mm. be, it's easier for them to understand and learn. Mm. Yeah, I remember when my child, well, my, my two little girls, you know, big girls, they're married, but um, there was a song out called Hands, Shoulders, Knees and Toes. Yes. And it was we had black and white TV and they used to sing it with me every morning and that was our exercise routine as well. 
Um, yeah, so we used to go through it, and I can just see the kids listening to your little song and and rhyming with your books. It's just wonderful. <laughs> Thank mm. you. Yes, and that's how we learn from a young age. You you remember that? Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. Even I even I remember it because it was so much fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And if we didn't do it, um, either mum or dad, you know, were, were busy or mum wasn't well or something like that. It was very rare, but, yeah, just the, the rhyming. The rhyming, actually, as a school teacher from the past, the rhyming actually belongs to what they call rote. And so, yeah, it's very learnable. It just stays in your brain. I mean, I can still remember that song even now. That's mm. that's correct. I remember things from um, primary school. You know, one, yeah. two, buckle my shoe. Yeah, uh, right. Even um, when when uh, my sister was young, uh, romper room was on. You know, there's yes. a bear in there. It's like yeah. all these things you you just just remember. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> While you were doing that, actually, Janice's hand was waving at me. <laughs> <laughs> It is too. Genius, well done. <laughs> Performing outstandingly on this interview. Outstanding <laughs> interview, yes. <laughs> yeah, so what was, what was the time in your life when this all clicked into place for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think when I started... When I started on the journey of personal development, uh, I, I really didn't know where it was going to go. But the minute that I decided to do something for children and to help children, it seemed to all fit into place. Uh, once I once I developed uh, genius the drawing, uh, then the other drawings sort of were sort of came along. I knew I. I knew what I wanted to have in the drawings and in the programs, and initially um, I did them all myself. I'm not a not a drawer, but I like to, to dabble. And and then of course I had someone um, do them up a little bit better. But mm. the drawing is you know basically the same. So once I had the idea of what the type of character that I want, what characteristics in the character. Uh, for mm. example, you know, I've got a, uh, a robot, Reason Bots. He, he helps the children with their reasoning, yes or no. Yeah. And he's got these big, long arms. So I, I just thought, oh, I wanted something for the children. So when they make a decision, because it's we never see, it's another thing we never learn at school is to make decisions. What mm. happens when you get excited and, you, and you've made a decision? Well, you, you dance around, you, you clap and you sing and you fling your arms about. So it's just those little things that helped create the characters. And it just all seemed to fit into place. Uh, as I said, When I was over in the UK on holiday, the whole nine books, I wrote the whole nine books in eight weeks, wow. it just sort of all clicked in. And yeah. I know people say, oh, you know, it, it, that that's unbelievable, but that's how, how it happened. The programs mm-hmm. obviously didn't work the same way because I, I developed the programs and then had to put it into video form. But with the books, it just all flowed out. It was absolutely wonderful. Fabulous. It's I'm, so I'm just in awe of you. I think what you're doing is absolutely <laughs> magic. Yeah. Tony. It's, um, it, it, it's wonderful to hear about the author process from so many perspectives because each author and their process is, is a little bit different. And it's, yes. it's wonderful to know that that – uh, those the series just flowed so effortlessly, which means that it 
is meant to be and in being. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you about is, did you tell me that there was a board game with Genius? It was originally a board game, but uh, my developers put it into the Genius and his friends app. So oh, down okay. the track, so I still would like um, the board game to be developed, but they actually took that idea and, and uh, the from app. the game into the app because children, they're so familiar with apps these days. Yeah. Wendy, if parents listening want to get the app, they just type in Genius app? Uh, they type in Genius and His Friends app. Genius and His Friends app. All right. Yes. We'll make sure that we put that in the notes that um, go with this show as well because I'm sure that there will be lots of parents listening that would find Genius and His Friends helpful for their own kids. And, yes, I... It's interesting to watch my grandson be so completely okay with technology. Like he knows yeah. his way around a phone and an iPad like there's no tomorrow. Um, <laughs> his mum's very strict with his screen time. And he's only allowed to have certain amounts of time at certain points in the day. Just so I'm in awe of the fact that they that's their reality. They don't know anything different. Whereas for you and I and, and Kez, we've had to learn all this stuff as we go along and it's not always <laughs> been the easiest. Not always successful. <laughs> I know. But for him, he just sits there with his, his iPad and I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to have to get that app for him as well to go with his um, books. You um, want to hear a funny story? When, when yes. the developer sent me Genius and his friend's app, I had difficulty with it. <laughs> I'm thinking, now what do I do here? Hmm, I don't know. But the young ones, because they're used to apps, they'll just flick here and scroll there, you know, they're and just doing all that. And I'm just going, oh, okay. <laughs> so so yes. it's relatively easy for them, isn't it? It is easy for them, yes, because they're used to the technology. They're used to, and it, it is it is clear on what they have to do. It's just yeah. that I wasn't, I'm not familiar with playing games on an app, and I had to really, really think about it because the, I mean, we didn't have technology like that when I was young. They they grow up with it. This, so you just give them a phone, and they can work their way around the phone. You know. They they can indeed. It's it's mm. rather scary and and terrifying. I remember reading something recently um, about. It, this generation, so our generation being a bridging generation, we will be the last and most unique generation in that we remember what it was like before technology. So for for all of us, we mm. can clearly remember the first computers and the first technology, the first mobile phones, the, the first yes. of the internet, whereas generations following us, it's always been there. They don't, under, they don't know what it's like pre-digital yes. electronic age because they've only known what, what it is. So um, I think that's in recognising uniqueness, I think that we are all in a very unique position where we can still remember yeah, what it was like and, mm -hmm. um, and what was and what, what will be. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious, Wendy, that um, the thought just occurred to me then, oh, my goodness, you could have holograms of genius popping up out of the app eventually. What yes. sort of things have you thought about for the future? 
Well, we want to do, because the books are only in, in like a hardcover at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, I want them to be uh, used digitally. So to do that, you have to actually yeah. have some sort of button or some sort of thing on the the, the iPad so that it can bring out the, the uh, companion videos. The companion videos, I would like to go into augmented reality. So genius oh. would really, and his friends would really come come out Beautiful. into into life. So um, that is the next thing that is there, ready, ready, and waiting to sort of develop. But it, you know, in saying that, genius, um, he has a, a working on the next the next book, which is uh, readers readers theatre book. And now we're trying to bring the children back to playing games other than on mm. the iPad or the iPhone. So Genius is introducing children to, you know, have conversations with or parents to have conversations with their children and he's, he's, he will have templates of uh, building a kite and making jelly and get them outside and having a play and having a talk, a conversation. So even though we've got the app and that will be developed further, we do want to get children back outside to, to you know, fly a kite. Do skipping, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, hopscotch. Yeah. He has yeah, his, yeah. he does his own little hopscotch game. Remember the hopscotch at school it was so much fun. <laughs> so is flying a kite. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. know, the children need to have it all. They they can have the technology, but not have it mm. all the time. Go outside mm. and and uh, have some physical physical activity as well. Speaking of kids yeah. and physical activity and, and hopscotch, do you girls remember the games we used to play with those big, long, stretchy rubber bands? Yes, yes. elastic. What was it called? Mm. Elastic. Was it just called elastic? Elastic. Yeah. 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 We yeah. called it elastic in New Zealand. Elastic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and um it was just a it was just a long stretchy piece of elastic that we played with and you did like crossover thingies and jumping and and all the rest of it. I wonder if kids these days still do that. I don't, know. don't think so. No. no I, I yeah. Haven't seen it. I I think yeah. they might do a bit of skipping. We yeah, used to I was do skipping say, at school. Yeah, yeah but mm-hmm. um, you know, hula hoops. I don't know whether they do that at school, but the elastic we played it all the time. Yeah, for mm. every lunch hour for most of primary school, it occupied our time. And you think about that now and think, well, that was a pretty inexpensive, wonderful, creative way yeah. to yeah. keep us busy during lunch hour, wasn't it? It was. What about cat in the cradle using um, wool? Wool or a string with your hands. Yes. We used to play that all the time. Cat in the cradle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Yes, yo-yos yes. was another. And, thing. and while while we had the pen, pandemic on, um, I've got young neighbours inside. Now they brought their toys over, soft little toys over, and would put them on the front lawn, and they would all talk to me because I was behind the screen door. I couldn't get out to associate with the guy. Normally, have a lot to do with them. But I taught them how to play hopscotch. I showed their mums on our driveway. So I had about six little ones, and they were all from three to six, you know, and all holding their little toys, all playing hopscotch. It was just, it's so important that we get the kids to relate their feelings uh, yes. to their, like, their emotions and then get mm-hmm. them out in the fresh air to run around and release those emotions. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
digressing a little bit away from Genius, because that's not the only books you've written, it actually started with another book called uh, Big Girl's Pants. And I'm just wondering if you can quickly tell us about that book. Well, when I I attended the uh, Matrix event in Toronto, uh, actually the first book came out uh, was you were How to Change Your Life in Six Days, and that was like a diary entry of the six-day event. Then when I came home, caught up with some friends who actually went to a a personal development person down in Sydney, well-known. I I won't mention his name, but well-known. They came back and I said, oh, well, how are the – because I had a load of exercises and things to – follow through how's it all going no I said why not so then that prompted me why why are people not coming back from conferences because yes at a conference you get all g'd up yes. oh yes I'll, I'll do this yeah. and I'll do that but when you get home you've got no one there to sort of on your back saying have you done this and have you done that and keep you accountable mm-hmm. so that's when I wrote um big girl's pants it's all about when you come home from a conference you actually need to sit down and follow through with the work. Just uh, you know, and it is difficult, but you know, you've got to pull, pull up those big girls' pants and get it done. If you want to achieve yeah. something, if you have a goal that you want to achieve, uh, mm. then that's the work you've got to put in. So that's, that's how nice. that came about. That's wonderful. Well yeah, <laughs> I did read that on your on your website how that happened. I just thought, well, we all did, do need to be accountable. We all do need a person at the back of us saying. You know, have you done this? And even though it makes you cross sometimes because you think I'm too busy, you do need to be accountable uh, to your, for your actions, yes. You do. If you want to achieve anything and, you know, that's why one of the characters, persistent photographer, holds up that picture of what you want to achieve and he makes sure that you you continue on and, and you know, believe that you can achieve it. Keep persisting and you might, you know, the children at these days at school they have this terrible thing about failing. But sometimes you need to fail in order to learn yeah. to actually keep That's going. Right. And you really only a failure when you stop trying. That's right. Dead fine. Absolutely yes. correct. Yeah. And um, I really do hope that we are teaching our children these elements in greater detail going forward so that yes. they're understanding their thoughts, understanding their emotions. And I have to say, um, my daughter is so good at doing this with um, our grandson and she will make him stop in his tracks and he'll be six in July. And she asks him, what are you feeling? What's going on in your head? Can you tell mummy um, why you're cranky? Etc. Etc. Now, sometimes that's just plain old childhood. He might be hangry, for instance, because when he doesn't get food, he gets a bit hangry because <laughs> yeah. um, he's a growing boy. But I've actually seen from my own parenting experience where we sort of never did any of that work. I've seen the results of her asking him and consciously going, "Tell me what you're feeling." tell me why you're upset or tell me what's going on in your head. And he's actually really good at doing that. And I, and reflecting on my own parenting, I, I don't think I ever did that because it wasn't, it wasn't understood that um, children had those capacities. But if they grow up understanding 
yes. what thoughts are and someone consciously and actively engages with them mm. to say, okay, so you're upset. Tell me about what you're feeling, why you're upset. And it might be just as simple mm. as um, uh, poppy threw away my worms. <laughs> Which was, which was the result of one little tantrum a few years ago. He was upset and cranky because Poppy inadvertently threw away his worms, which adults, you know, we're kind of not thinking about worms and how important worms are in the scheme of a four-year-old's life. But he was upset and once he could actually tell his mum, why he was upset and why there was this ensuing tantrum, it's like, oh, and then you can go, okay, well, let's go find some more worms and put them back in the container and you'll have worms again. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, sometimes it's, but I wanted those worms. <laughs> and we're like, well, those worms have gone to live under the orange tree. So they're happy there. We don't want to disturb them. Let's go and find some other words. And I can't remember interacting with my own children in that way, Wendy. So I guess my question is, have you seen um, an, an evolution in terms of parenting of children and particularly young children? Well, I must admit, we didn't actually discuss a lot about emotions when I was at school. Uh, I think I think somehow with the, the pandemic over the last couple of years, it has enabled children being at home and homeschooled, it has enabled the parents to associate, well, to be with their children a little bit more. And, yes, during such times we were allowed to go out for a walk, I did see quite a lot of parents out there uh, actually flying kites or kicking a ball with their children. But I think I, I'd like to encourage all of the parents today to keep having conversations and keep asking those questions because the children, they some of them are frustrated and they're anxious and, and they, they don't quite understand what's been happening in the last couple of years. Mm. Start having those conversations like your daughter is doing to your yeah. grandchild. Have the conversation with them. And get them, get them to. It's an interaction because children today they're all the time on the the computer. They don't have a lot of conversation, and we don't want to lose that. We want to get them back into having uh, the conversations mm -hmm. again, so that they can, you know, go out into the real world and associate uh, with other people and know how to to behave. So I encourage the parents to have those conversations these days, especially now with, with um, we're getting back to normal life. So, yes, start having conversations because that's the best way that you learn about your child. It's the best way you actually learn about yourself as well. Mm. I agree. And it's, it's powerful stuff, Wendy, because if hypothetically, imagine if the parent of the Russian, Russian president, Vladimir Putin, had actually spent time talking to him about bullying and the impacts of bullying. We wouldn't yes. have a war in Ukraine, would we? No, no, we wouldn't. In fact, uh, the creation of Genius and all of his characters is all about teaching the children critical thinking. So if, mm. we, if we go back, uh, uh, Aristotle said, critical thinking is the means by which we know. So if we teach our children there are consequences for actions, 
if we teach the children that if, if you want to attain something, you sit down and you gather the information, you work out what criteria you need to, to have in order to achieve that that you're aiming for. Uh, yes, we and, and also critical thinking helps children to become more confident and self-belief. When a child is confident, they are less likely to succumb to the likes of, of bullying and all of that. So you've got to actually sit down and think, what was Putin thinking about? What was his childhood, you know, childhood like? Was he bullied and now he's carrying it on, that sort of thing. So it's very important to teach yeah. the children. The, big, the biggest um I think the best time for me was I used to attend a children's fair and as an author and I there was a kite maker there and watching him on stage he would invite uh, one parent and one child up you know like in groups up to the stage to make their own kites the conversation became and it was normally dad and son now sometimes you get a daughter up there the conversations going on between dad and, and son or dad and daughter um, was amazing. And then watching them fly the kite afterwards, having the joy, having the, the conversation, having the uh, the camaraderie between the two of them. You know, you sit back and you watch, that's the way to do it. That is just the way to do it. Do things together. You know, same yes. as your books and your apps are going to do. And sometimes children like teaching adults. I found that with my grandchildren. They like to show me what to do. And I think, well, I, I already know, but they're going to show me. And I just sit back and, and, and enjoy it. I really do. Yes. Have the conversation. Start the conversation. It uh, takes you to places that uh, you wouldn't have thought of. So you get to know your children. The children get to know you and what you're about. So it's wonderful. It starts with the conversation. That's right. Dead right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what your books are all about, isn't it, Wendy? Your it books is. are all about having that conversation. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Let's get back to basics. Yes. Well, that's going to be a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's, now's a good time. Now's never been a better time to, to get to know your children and have that conversation. Um, children yes. children are, are, are wonderful. I, I can remember when I started doing the readings at the kindy, I thought, oh, my goodness, three-year-olds. It took me back because my children are in their 30s now, so... I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, do I remember when my child was three? And it can be quite quite daunting when you mm. go into a classroom of three-year-olds. What are they going to ask? Ooh, ooh. But, no, mm. you just you just have a conversation as if I, I used to always, uh, you know, uh, treat my children, uh, I used to have conversations with them as if they were adults. So mm. it's no different in, in that classroom situation. But, yes, it, it did take me back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I find your books absolutely, I, you know, I have got one and I've read one and I just thought, what a great way, what a great way to start a conversation with your child. And sometimes it's having the child show you about the app because I haven't got clues that, you know. So when um, I must want to go and ask my next door neighbor, she's got young kids as well, how do you work the app? Because they love to show you. I think that's what mm -hmm. the parents should be allowing more and more is that I think the younger ones know more about technology than what we do. Definitely, that, and I proved that when I got the app. <laughs> so what about a yes. movie, Wendy? Have you ever thought about making a, a movie with your with your uh, plushies? Funny you should say that, Kez. I'm actually in the in the middle of writing a, a script for a Disney like Disney type movie, and I'm introducing another character. 
uh, into oh, the movie. Wow. So I am so excited. I'm halfway through and I get, you know, inspiration all the time that comes in, mm. not every day, but it might be once a week. Oh, yes, I should put that in, in the movie. So it's, <laughs> it's in, in the process. I'd love to have that uh, all finished in, in the next couple of months and maybe uh, then start on another journey about um, this genius and his friends meet Bernie Bright movie. Yeah, oh, well, if you need to know a movie producer, I have one up my sleeve for you. If you want a movie oh, producer. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. I will reach out for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The things that we solve on this program each and every week. <laughs> I was just about to ask, Wendy, tell me about some of the things that you have in the pipeline and the future. Well, I think you've already answered part of that question. Anything else? No, we've got the uh, Reader's Theatre book that will be coming out uh, later in the year and, of course, the, the Disney movie and then the, uh, the AR of Genius and his friends to associate with the digital version of the book. So, yes, lots of exciting things happening. Before we run out of time, Wendy, I want you to tell the audience the places that they can engage with you, the places that they can get the book, remind them the name of the app and where they can get it, and anything else so that the parents listening can connect on behalf of their kids. Yes, of course. I have a website called innergeniusglobal.com. On the website, you can purchase the book. You can download the Genius and His Friends app. I have the Genius and His Friends program for children uh, up to 11 years of age. That is through a Thinkific platform. A Genius and His Friends book are also available on Amazon and Ingram Spark. Uh, but go to the website in a Genius global.com you'll find everything there that you need or reach out to me at hello at innergeniusglobal.com and when do you love answering questions from parents about genius and his friends and you love interacting with them in terms of the learning and education that they get from for their kids by um buying the books or participating in the the programs and i remember ages ago you having a conversation with me around the fact that the, the kids could actually the parents just need to log them in and then they can actually it's self-directed so even at those younger ages, they can take themselves through the learnings from Inner Genius and his friends without too much adult supervision or, or, or need to interact. But you prompt them at the end to go and talk to mum and dad, don't you? Yes, that is through innergeniusglobal.thinkific.com. So if you put up Thinkific and Inner Genius Global, you will find Genius and His Friends programs uh, there, which are the interactive videos with the activities at the back. I mean, uh, Genius is also on, on Facebook and okay. he's also on LinkedIn, Instagram, and uh, he has started his own YouTube channel, but we're yet to put a few more videos up there, but he's also got his Genius and Friends YouTube channel. So we're all on social media, so you can reach out to me or Genius and his friends on all the social media platforms and also on my website. Just send me an email and I will, will uh, get back to you and answer any of your questions. 
Um, quickly, before we run out of time, Wendy, my my curious brain is wondering how you converted children's books into uh, the screenplay that you're writing in preparation for the movie. The, the Reader's Theatre book. Okay. So the Reader's Theatre book is uh, – it's introducing children to get outside and play. So, yes, we do, for example, uh, we have a template for hopscotch and then one of the characters is having a, a bit of a problem, the balance isn't quite right, so the other characters are offering help and assistance. So these little things that I twist into the reason behind the hopscotch game, when they go and fly the kite out in, in the, the, the park, when they come back, they're all discussing how they're feeling today, yeah. how they're coping with, uh, you know, not being able to see their friends and not having to go to school. So once again, we're prompting that conversation to mm-hmm. get them to open up about their feelings and to understand that it, it's okay. Sometimes, even us adults, we're down sometimes, we're having a bad day, but it, that's perfectly normal because we, we run in a cycle. We're up and then we're down and we're down. So it's quite normal. I think children today, they think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be experiencing these emotions and feelings. But, yes, you do. And you, you get a lot of the emotions and feelings from your friends. So if your friends are happy and excited, well, then that sort of rubs off because of that vibration from one, one to another. So it's just little things that we're introducing into the Reader's Theatre. And the one thing that Reader's Theatre is really good is that the children get a chance to act out the play. So they can become the character, they can act out. So so then, of course, they make up their own props and do the whole lot. So it's like a a theatre. They organise the theatre of the book. So, yeah. Beautiful. That's beautiful. And then, Wendy, the... The conversion of the books to the script for the the movie, um, that must be quite a big process because obviously you're taking children's books with, with limited words and putting it into a much bigger script. Yes. Is that challenging or is it just really free-flowing like the books have been for you? Well, it, it's really funny. When you're even writing the programs, uh, there is a lot of information that, that you write down and it's just a matter of going over and saying, okay, yes, I discussed this in this program or that would be a good thing for the book. Uh, yes, it, it wasn't as, as easy, I must admit, as writing yeah. the Genius Book Series in rhyme form. It was difficult. I've mm. never written for Reader's Theatre before. So you have a narrator, so you've got to actually describe the scene and, and yeah. what's happening and then introduce the particular topic that you're trying to, to discuss at that time. But, no, it's... It's it's, uh, it's it's all a very interesting system and I love it. I just love sitting down and writing and describing things for the children mm. so that they it, it's it's entertaining for them. It's like like the movie. It's I, I have a chuckle yes. when I'm writing something. Thinking, oh yeah, we could write this. This is this will be funny for the children. When you have a chuckle to yourself. Oh yeah, that's fun. <laughs> you know, if, if a tree. A tree comes to life and opens up his eyes and and has swings the branch and knocks someone else on the back of the head type thing. You know, it's all it's all very funny. So yes, enjoyable, enjoyable process. 
Wendy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We are completely out of time yet again. I don't know where the time goes when we're discussing um, books and in particular children's books. Congratulations on the concept and the idea around Inner Genius. He is a beautiful physical attraction for children and such so lovely and colorful and what a great positive uh, role for children to have um kez thank you once again for co-hosting the show with me don't forget audience please connect with inner genius global find out all about genius and his wonderful friends and furthermore connect with wendy she loves to talk to you about the education of your kids around thoughts perceptions and actions and that my friends is your lot for this week we will be back again next week uh, and join us for another show then thank you wendy thank you kez bye for now thank you genius thank you wendy thank you tony (laughs) bye bye today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories. We